Thanks for jumping into another podcast episode brought to you by Bad Tabletop Gaming. Your hosts are Bill, Armin, Andy, and Dan. If you are a new listener, welcome and thank you for your support. If you're a returning listener, welcome back and thank you for your support. Before we kick this new episode, we want to take a moment to thank our sponsors. Tony at Hammerhead Games, who has a variety of MDF and plastic cut gaming essentials from army trays to objectives and much, much more. And Matt at Pop Goes the Monkey, who has a large inventory of top-notch upgrade bits and specialized add-ons for the models in your collection. Links for both pages can be found in the descriptions of our videos. Lastly, if you like what we are doing, please like, share, and subscribe. Also hit us up in the comments, as we love all the feedback you give us to help us improve the channel and podcast. Welcome everyone. Thanks for tuning in to the Thousand Suns Legion Overview. We're joined with Nick, and we met Nick in LVO uh, at the Horse Heresy Tournament, um, the different events that have been going on there. And I believe it's been at least the last two years that we've been uh, running into each other there anyways, so. Yeah, it's um, I've been actually uh, running into you here and there for, at LVO um, a year before uh, Thousand Suns actually came out, so uh, it's been it's been a long time. It's been pretty fun. Uh, a blast. Awesome. Well, I guess jumping into it, you know, Thousand Suns, one of the uh, more I guess heavily chastised legions, based on uh, a few different things. Well, clearly they we got muted. For the last uh, podcast that we did about them. That's right. That's right. <laughs> the Inquisition tried to. That's that's right. They tried to censor us. That's right. And uh, this time we're breaking the edict and we're going all the way. All the way. At least some of the content last time was uh, a violation of the, the uh, Council of Nikea. So uh, I guess we're going to be going all the content this time. See if yeah. that works. <laughs> So I guess uh, first things first, uh, Nick. What drew you to play the Thousand Suns? Uh, well, a number of things, uh, really. Um, I've been. I started playing Warhammer a very long time ago, about over twenty years ago. Um, I don't want to think about how long it's actually been. Um, but when when my brother and I got into the the hobby. Um, started out playing as uh, Space Wolves because, I mean, who doesn't want to play Space Vikings? Um, right. And then uh, I started playing as Eldar because I was coming off of, um, off of Warhammer Fantasy at the time and wanted to, to carry my, my uh, elven force over into the 41st millennium. And playing against my brother for 18 years at the time when I started playing Heresy, um, the ideal choice for me would be, okay, well, who who has the longest feud with the Space Wolves? So I went ahead and, and dove right in to, to uh, embrace chaos with um, the Thousand Suns and their uh, very, very eventful history. Good old uh, brotherly feud that goes between mm. them. <laughs> Keep that rolling. Oh, yeah. <laughs> wow. 
Oh, Bill plays uh, Space Wolves himself, so. Indeed I do. I'm sure, so. he, I'm sure he's had some stories. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, some of the, some of the most, I guess, climactic battles that I've had were some, against some of the Thousand Sun armies that I've played, and it's always a, a, a tough battle for sure. Um, enjoyable, though, right? Because that rivalry is so big yeah. in the game, so. Yeah, I don't think I've ever had a a game of piracy against Space Wolves with my Thousand Sons that hasn't been a, a close match. And every turn it switches and could be anybody's game. Um, it's The legions are really designed to combat each other. It's really nice to see how well that plays out uh, in on the tabletop. And when you start throwing them in against the other legions, the, I mean, a lot of it is um, is balanced, but some of it seems that's kind of interesting how that works. But um, we'll get into that as we as we really dive into the rules. Oh, definitely, definitely. So I know this army legion in particular has two particular like legion specific rights of war. Oh, oh, we got sucked into the warp. See what's happening, man? Oh, he's back. See? Hexagramic runes. We're, we, we fought back the warp again. Jeez. Yeah. I have no idea what happened there. Zanich happened there, man. That was Zanich right there. It was just like, I got lost in the warp. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, man. Right? Yeah. I just, I love how fate. Is trying to direct <laughs> how we do this, <laughs> man. You know, uh, Kairos is behind all of that too. Wow. <laughs> wow. Oh, all right. So, wow. So, yeah. Going back to rights of war, um, there are. Those next words, Bill. Yeah, there's two legion specific <laughs> ones, and uh, they do add quite a bit of, uh, I guess, extra. Bonus to the Thousand Suns. Which one is your favorite of the Rites of War to use? So my favorite of the Rites of War to use is going to be uh, the Guard of the Crimson King. Um, simply because I use it so often. Um, I mean, what it does is it allows you to um, to take uh, Terminators, well, not specifically Terminators, the, the Sekhmet, as tr compulsory troop choices. And it allows you to deep strike all of your your Terminator equipped units, along with any of your uh, independent characters, including Magnus the Red. Um, and it has a really fluffy special rule that goes along with it, which is uh, wreathed in lightning, they rend the veil. So as your Terminators are appearing through the astral plane onto your onto the battlefield, um, they're coming into the material plane completely ensorcelled in lightning, and it's um, it's, it makes the, it improves their uh, their invulnerable save, uh, not by a number, but it allows them to to reroll ones on the on the battlefield, which it's a pretty cool effect. Mm -hmm. um, and I mean, if you want to to make your your segment and your terminators very tanky and be able to absorb as much damage as they can, um, generally you'll improve their invulnerable save anyway by being uh, from the Raptora cult. So you end up deep striking. Um, three plus invulnerable save terminators and reroll ones the turn they come down. 
That's which is su- super good. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the drawbacks to the right of war aren't really drawbacks. Um, so it's it's really an auto include. Um, and the other the other side of the um, of the right of war would be the ability to add a a whenever there's a psychic phase, yours or your opponent's, the uh, Thousand Suns player with the right of war gets to roll an additional d6. And then choose whichever one's higher as the number of warp tri- warp dice that they get to uh, they get to start with, which means that even on your own psychic phase, your opponent can end up with a lower number of warp dice than you do. Hmm. Well, that's pretty sweet. Sounds fluffy for uh, fluffy yeah. for the uh, army of psychers, right? So, mm-hmm. Well, for sure. But I like it. <laughs> Yeah, I was reading the fluff. It says in the days before in IKEA. <laughs> yeah. So, well, you wonder, you know, based off the fluff, if they even remembered Nikea. That's all I gotta say. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, what would your favorite unit uh, unit from the Legion specific troop like selections, I guess, be from the Thousand Suns? Well, I mean, it, it kind of goes hand in hand with the my right of war that I prefer, but I would have to go with the Sekhmet. Um, and the reason behind that is their, I mean, their their Terminator armor. They get to choose Arteris or Cataphracty. They're regular Terminators with with an additional wound. They're um, their Brotherhood of Psychers level two. Uh, so they get to have uh, two different spells, or actually, well, three, because uh, you're stuck with the um, with the cult that you choose originally. So you get mm. the the two that you roll, and then you get the primaris. Mm. Yeah. So they they end up with a lot of versatility, and there isn't a bad choice as far as um, which of the cult arcana they're going with. Um, I mean, there it depends on what you're using them for. So uh, it really comes into army makeup. Nice. Being able to choose between the Terminator patterns is huge too for that uh, unit. It's sometimes, well, majority of the time, anyways, a lot of the Legion-specific units are already like locked into a mark in particular, like you know the mm-hmm. uh, Bangir and whatnot. Like even the Tyrant Siege Terminators, right? They're locked in the Cataphracty, so it's like, oh damn. But being able to pick either or is definitely a, a nice advantage. Yeah, so. and I generally will use both patterns of Terminator armor, so the um, I can have the Cataphracty be able to teleport in and just hold the line wherever they're they're needed, and use the Tartarus pattern to uh, really act as a pincer unit. Uh, so they're able to um, run, they're able to to uh, to fire Overwatch, uh, especially with their their uh, their FX shells for giving them all of their, their bolter rounds as having um, the the shred special rules. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Big. Um and I get a lot of make get a lot of work out of that. And then I mean generally um, I'll try to charge them into a unit that's um, engaged with uh, with another one of mine so that they can then overrun and kill the whole unit if they don't kill it on the charge. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah. In particular, like they are fairly cheap when you start looking at Legion specific terminators. 
I know, like, just for what they do, being 255 base and then 35 points for an additional model, it's for the extra wound and just the psychic powers, like, they're at least 15 points probably under costed, which uh, allows, like, really good pound for point, like, <laughs> what you're actually going to squeeze out of them. And, mm -hmm. you know, uh, having the Ashfix shells or. They're insane. They're super good too. Uh, I've been torn up by them mm -hmm. many times, so getting those also just added on is a huge bonus. It's interesting too yeah. that they probably the only Legion specific Terminators that have that option of the dual Terminator armor. I don't know if there is another Terminator unit that's specific to a Legion that can do that. But uh, not only that, but then they also have the Force weapon, right? Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah starting with force weapons is pretty sweet could be another factor yeah are you a force weapon or the power fist kind of guy could. um well i generally will run um a, a mixture of force axes and chain fists nice if nice. you have to have something in the unit that can deal with a vehicle mm -hmm. um generally i'll run one chain fist for every five models in the squad Consider yes. it like a special weapon. Yeah, yeah. Keeps it also, you know, cheap because they're not they're not super cheap. Ten points of chain face is expensive, so I do the very same. Yeah, definitely. And my one of the the unfortunate parts about the the segment is they're not costed appropriately. Um, so generally, I'll try to stick to just two or three units of them because um, you're required to take two so maybe I'll take an extra one depending um, so because to your point um, you said that they should be about 15 points more I would argue that they should be 40 or 50 points more uh, if you add up all of their gear and uh, carry it over to um, to the the regular Legion Terminators you're either not paying for your second wound or you're not paying for Brotherhood of Psychers uh, level two. Um, mm -hmm. So sorry, second wound and level two or level one and level two uh, for the, for the unit. So it's mm -hmm. um, the, the sure they're a special a Legion specific Terminator unit that only has weapon skill four. Um, but I still feel like you should be paying a uh, a bit more for the squad. Forge World, if you're listening, you heard it here first. <laughs> Bump them up next FAQ. <laughs> you heard it for someone whose favorite unit is the Sekhmet. That's right. <laughs> well, in terms of fluff, I know everybody has their favorite story or just the favorite piece that they read that really really sunk the hooks into them uh for thousand suns what was your favorite fluff that got you just completely hooked in well um i i got hooked into to thousand suns um long before i had read um any of the the fluff behind them uh, i just i mean i love psychers i love how the the warp works in the 41st millennium and the 31st millennium um, so that drew me to Thousand Suns more than anything else. And then I started reading the fluff. And um, I mean, I loved A Thousand Suns. I thought it was a really excellent book. And I thought it was really interesting that it was 
less of the perspective of Magnus and more of the the other Praetors of the Legion. Um, so I, I loved loved that about it. But my favorite part about um, the Thousand Sons is the lack of fluff and the lack of writing, giving me complete free range of what I want to do with uh, with my battalion in the Legion. I'm I'm building out a full on battalion, so five full companies. And Damn. the fluff behind my faction is um, when Magnus disperses the fleet. Oh, spoilers! Um, when <laughs> Magnus disperses the fleet uh, when during the fall of Prospero, he does so without warning and just to get them out of the way so that there's less casualties and less of a chance that there's actually going to be a war. Um, so. The fluff behind uh, my battalion is they were being loaded up into the expeditionary fleet when that happened. So they dispersed and went off on their their mission to go um, to, to go start getting back into the crusade because they were trying to tone down their psychic abilities so they could get back out into the fray. Um, and then they turn around and find out that well, Prospero's gone. Um, what happened to the rest of the Legion? And they, they kind of arrive back on Prospero after uh, the White Scars had uh, come and gone. Uh, so they don't find uh, a Shard of Magnus. They spend the next, um, the rest of the heresy kind of playing out everybody is an enemy. Anyone, could, anyone who had previously shown allegiance to the Thousand Sons could be an ally. Um, and they're, uh, it really really fits into the theme of, of they can be either traitor or loyalist doesn't matter they don't care um because they're everybody is against them and they're just trying to figure out what happened and what to do next nice very nice well, that's the thing about good. hobby right the thing yeah. about hobby you're able to just come up with your own story right for your for your own legion for your own yeah. section of the legion mm-hmm. that's awesome it definitely it makes kinda... uh, it fun like forging your own mm-hmm. narrative well it, yeah it kind of seems like there there isn't a whole lot that happens with the thousand sons in in the horse heresy books uh i mean there's a couple books where they have like one or two thousand sons but it's not usually like a whole legion thing other than like the thousand sons books which is actually about the thousand sons but I mean, like the Outcast Dead, there's one guy, and Dark Abyss, there's one thousand sons. They're all super yeah. badass, and they all they all sacrifice themselves. But you know, it's and <laughs> and they're all doing shit they shouldn't be doing. <laughs> Let's be real. Let me just mind control that pilot, man. Just give me a second, like. <laughs> Yeah. Are you sure you should be doing that? I Jesus. should not be doing this. <laughs> yeah, but you know, it, look look away. Hold on. <laughs> basically, that's yeah. yeah. It's a space marine Jedi, if is I what don't it is. Do this, you're all dead. <laughs> yeah. It was so funny because when Bill was listening to the Outcast Dad, the one psyker, or Thousand Sons, he keeps doing all this shady stuff. And Bill's like, that sneaky Thousand yeah. Son, he keeps doing stuff. Well, okay, so, yeah, you might hear spoilers in this, but, so when he's holding the custody's head and he's doing necromancy to keep it open, oh. like, I'll shut down the security, I was like, 
that's why you got attacked, man. That's why your planet got bombed, pretty much. Because, like, Jesus. You know it ain't allowed. You know oh, it's not allowed. <laughs> he was a prisoner. Damn. Uh, <laughs> it's, yeah, there's just there's crazy, uh, crazy things that happen in those books. I would say if anybody's listening and they want to get into Thousand Sons or they're curious about Thousand Sons, I'd listen to the book Thousand Sons because that's basically like the core of how it works and explains like how each culture works and, you know, how they kind of started from, you know, these poor cultured people on their planet and Magnus shows up and teaches them. I think the first, well, one of the, one of the books you get a little taste of their character is, the Battle for the Abyss? Yeah, dark yeah, the Dark Abyss. Yeah, so there's one character in that that's kind of joined up with the other Legion characters. Mm-hmm. It's pretty neat. Pretty neat to see his side of things, right? Of course gets there's in trouble. One. But... There's another one in Scars too. Um they I thought just had a really cool story, so definitely check that one out too. Nice. Actually, I'm reading Scars right now. I will not spoil it for you. Thank you. I appreciate it. (laughs) (laughs) The rest of you can have spoilers, just not me. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Awesome. Well, I guess we can... Scars is one of my my favorite books. Oh, is it? Oh, good. I'm looking forward to it. It's just really well written. I I, I loved that book. Awesome. I'm like three hours in on the audiobook, so I'm excited. So, before we go any further, what's the real question, Bill? Oh. What's the you, real question? Uh, Everybody we all know. Them. Was Magnus wrong? <laughs> Was Magnus wrong? So, you're asking that differently this time. Was he wrong? No. Magnus was absolutely right in what he was doing. Was he innocent? Also, no. He was completely guilty of the crimes that he was charged That's with. right, that's right, because I, I remember I asked it very specifically, did Magnus think he was wrong? And yes, Magnus did think he was wrong after the fact. And the only reason that he thought he was wrong was he saw the damage that he had done to the throne room and yeah. um, and all of the psychers that he had killed on his way in and destroyed all of the runes. Uh, all all the, the warding and allowed a demonic incursion, and he saw that coming after he did it. Yeah, he went Kool Aid Man basically. So he right? felt very, he felt very guilty after that, and just decided, you know what? I'll accept punishment. I'm going to disperse my fleet, and we're I'm not going to warn my children. We're just going to let we're going to let Russ come. He knew it would be Russ. He just didn't know that the order would be manipulated. Yeah. So he, uh, him being the psyker he is, and then I remember listening to this part of he ends up appearing and talking to Logar at one in one of the books, and it's it's you know, they're both psychers, right? But yeah. it, it was literally like Logar was almost like spitting in his face for not, you know, in his in his face for not being, you know, the brother to stand up kind of thing, right? But. Uh, it was interesting to see just how they interacted with each other compared to like the old rivalries like Russ and you know Magnus and like Logar and Gullman 
um, how they interact. But to see those two kind of talk, it was kind of feel bad for Magnus. <laughs> you know, he just he's not loved by anybody. <laughs> but um, no, the only the only real kinship he has is uh, is with On and uh, Sanguinius. And together, the, they started the, the Librarius project. Yeah. yeah. Which, ironically, if the, uh, if the council hadn't gone against the Librarius project at Nikea, um, the, whole <laughs> the whole heresy would have turned out completely differently. That is true. That is true. Because at least they were sanctioned at that point. Yeah. Are we going to get into the book now? Yeah, we may as well start kicking in, going through, uh, just start going through the black book and all the, uh, I guess, go through all the info a little bit more in depth, just to give anyone mm -hmm. who's listening a nice, deep overview of what the Legion offers. It's a nice thing. So, uh, I, I, I can start this one off, and then uh, we can kind of take turns, I guess. Nice. Um, yeah. Kicking through, like... When you first look, you know, uh, there's special rules, Covenant of Sorcerers. So, during the armyless creation for a Thousand Sons, you must determine your warlord first, and pretty much your warlord has to have a master psych, uh, mastery level of at least one, be the highest leadership as well. Uh, the nice thing is, is being able to actually take Psyker HQs is huge. They also benefit from prospering lore. So they have access to all the psychic disciplines found, uh, except for the malefic demonology one. But it also applies to... Uh, these rules apply to the following uh, HQs and whatnot. So you can have mastery level of one, and you can go all the way up to, I believe it's three for the uh, Praetors Praetor. and whatnot. Yeah. yeah. So, and then uh, have a force weapon equipped for five points uh it's that alone is really good i think being able to take psyker hqs in that way makes librarians obviously um redundant in the point where you don't really need them yeah because yeah you're gonna get a lot of psychic juice just out of your comp hqs so it's a nice yeah, way to save characters who doesn't want to take a psychic a psychic siege breaker? I mean, come on. <laughs> would be that'd be so good. <laughs> that'd be awesome. I was thinking more of like spoilers a, for the next LVO. <laughs> more time. More time. Oh yeah. Yeah. Trying yeah. to give him like free rolls and stuff. No. Damn, that would be pretty good. Then they also have a. Uh, Cult Arcana rule. So each unit with a special rule, their only player must select one of the Cult Arcanas during their creation. And then you gain the benefits when some of them are really good uh, from this list below. Uh, comp troop choices within the army must have the same Arcana as the army's warlord. And in the case of an allied detachment, the same Arcana as the detachment's comp HQ choice. So at least there's you know there's a little bit of structure there as so you'll want them have them from the same the same cult. Mm -hmm. 
And what's nice with that is uh, each cult arcana has an associated discipline. And if the unit has its powers drawn from the matching discipline of their choosing, they may manifest powers when making psychic tests on a 3 plus rather than a 4 plus, which would normally be the case. Uh, just that alone, right? Get, like, I did get retconned. Oh, did uh, it? In the, in the FAQ. They, they changed how the cult arcana works. So they got rid of the casting on 3 plus rather than 4 plus. Okay. And they made it so you have to choose your powers from the specific from the the uh the discipline associated with the cult that you've cast. Oh, okay, chosen, nice. Which also kind of that that change also kind of retcons the prospering lore uh force or the prospering lore special rule because there isn't a discipline associated with sanctic demonology so you can't choose from it. Oh, I see. I see. Yeah. Huh. So you'd just be hitting on. You'd just be rolling for fours for sanctic then. Yeah. But you're rolling for fours for for everything because um they just removed the line oh, and then okay. you cast on three plus rather than. Oh, okay. Plus. Nice. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Perfect. I honestly, you're not paying for that special rule, so you should be casting on fours anyway. Hmm. Yeah. That's fair enough. Yeah, yeah, that's all right. Um, the last little section here under the Thousand Suns rules is signs importance. Uh, actually, before we jump too too far, the Cult Arcana just to finish that off, they do have some really cool uh, bonuses. So when you're going through, um, you can pick a bunch of different styles. Uh, each one has a good bonus. Uh, Pavoni, they get quick blood, so they add plus one to its run, sweeping advanced distances, which at the beginning may not seem like horrible, like a good thing, but it's pretty good um, if you're able to actually, like you know, get across the board faster. If you're getting that much closer scoring, I know I I I've lost a game not being within three inches of that objective, right? But that extra that edge can help. Having that rule on a couple of my veteran squads has won me games just by being able to make a last-ditch run and have plus one to it and get, and cap an objective uh, and uh, turn the tide in my favor. So definitely worth there it. There you go. Yeah. Yeah, there, you heard it first here. Uh, Raptora, they get uh, kind shields out of the effect. So the unit gains a six-plus invulnerable save, or if it possesses an invulnerable save from another source, it increases by one to a max of three-plus. Just with that, you're starting to be able to see where some of these combos come from, especially with using uh, segment and whatnot, right? Like, yeah, this is the one that gets abused by Terminators. Just make. I mean, the other part of that is, uh, is think about, um, think about taking uh, a breachers in his own Mortalis game, where being um, having five guys next to each other increases their invulnerable save by one, and then Raptora increases their invulnerable save again. Oh. Damn, I, I didn't even yeah, think about yeah. that. That could be really good, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, damn, uh, that is good. Yeah, and then if you if you throw a a, a Deradeo in there, you end up with a oh uh, a three plus three plus <laughs> invulnerable save yeah. against shooting and close combat. Oh damn, all that trickery, all that yeah. trickery. <laughs> Some nice nice combos, right? There's a good stack there. Um, I think you're tempting Bill to switch sides here. No, never, <laughs> never. <laughs> uh, the Corvidae Arcana, uh, precognitive strike. The unit must reroll failed to hit rolls of one when making shooting attacks if it remains stationary in this turn's movement phase. 
is it super good? You know what? I, I do think it could lend itself to a specific build if you're running a lot of plasma support squads or seekers with combi plasmas, veteran combi plasmas, right? Like, yeah. I really think you could have a lot of fun with this. For I, sure. I use it mostly on my my heavy quad support motors. my heavy support marines and my quad mortars. Yeah. Oh yeah. Who doesn't want to re-roll ones on a on a quad launcher? Yeah. 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 That'd be uh, actually really good. Well, so they're standing we, still anyway. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Or, or suddenly your your missiles and las cannons re-roll those ones and you only miss on twos. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, and then you could combo yeah. it up with a. A psychic master signal, just get right, right out of, <laughs> go right out yeah. there, man. Like holy, plus one to hit, rerolling ones, it's never failing. Norse cover, whatever. Right? Yeah, anything you want, really. That'd be great. That'd be great. It's if you're building a, a heavy support company, um, the Corvidae is the, is definitely the cult for you. Mm. Oh, don't. Athenine, yeah. Um, mental fortitude. So they're immune to fear and they have the adamantium will special rule. Still pretty good. Being immune to fear uh, is, is a thing in 30k mm -hmm. if you guys aren't super familiar because it's not like 40k where they and they shall have no fear. So it's pretty good. Um, I can see where that would be nice to be able to I guess plan to take on some of those scarier units. Well, I think a lot of demons, yeah. Yeah. And then the uh, Pyray, they have Ash and Blow. They gain Hammer of Wrath special rule, and if you already have it, you get uh, an additional Hammer of Wrath special rule when you charge, which extra attacks always that, like, especially that initiative step 10 is pretty good. Um, mm -hmm. I, I can see where. Some of the really good ones are, right? Like for me, obviously, you know, Raptora and Corvidae are really, really jumping out at me, but I can see the utility for all of these, so pretty yeah. good. And in, and in my opinion, it's all about having a, a well-rounded list. So yeah. um, a lot of the time, unless I'm, I'm keep striking... Uh, 30 or 40 Terminators, then I'll uh, generally have a, a nice mix of them. Um, one of the, the most interesting lists that I've uh, designed recently that I'm considering bringing to LVO um, ends up with all of the cults represented in it. Nice. That's awesome. Kind of get you get specialized, right? When you're building yeah. a list like that, which is nice because with the way some the even the LVO missions have been going narrative heavy with troops and objectives and whatnot. Having that well-rounded list to be able to deal with multiple things is, is huge. It's uh, it's definitely worthwhile to build your list around that. Um, one definitely. of the... And oh, go ahead. Say, if, if the, um, the SoCal Open um, is any indication of uh, what the the next LVO is going to be like. Uh, for those who don't know, uh, Zach, who's actually a member of my gaming group, uh, Warmongers, is go, is running this uh, first heresy event at SoCal Open and is going to be 
running uh, LPO as well in yes, sir. Uh, 2021. Yeah, it should yeah, be really good. The torch. Yeah, it should be really good. I, I am looking forward to seeing what Zach uh, throws together um, for LVO, the heresy part. It's it's going to be pretty exciting, I think. Uh, I have been peeking a little bit at the uh, that SoCal um, PDF he dropped and some really good mm -hmm. stuff in there. So I, I can I can only imagine how good it's going to be. I'm definitely looking forward to doing that myself. So returning it and getting the play is going to be uh, a lot of fun, actually. So. I'll, I'll bring you to compliance one way or another, Nick. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> I look forward to it. <laughs> so, I have a long sweet. list of grudge sure. matches that need to happen this year. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, awesome. Um, one of the final uh, rules here under the uh, Thousand Suns, like Legion of Stardew's rules, is uh, signs importance. So basically, if any unit within Thousand Suns attachment suffers a wound, as a result of perils of the warp test, the attachment's controlling uh, player must immediately take a pinning test for every unit in their force. It's kind of almost like that psychic backlash goes through. Yeah. And uh, if all the independent character units in Thousand Sons Detachment have been slain, all surviving units in that attachment are minus one leadership penalty for the rest of the game and can no longer make sweeping advances. That one almost feels like a precursor to... <laughs> what they'll actually become, right? Like without the without the leaders or the HQs to to send them in the battle, uh, they just you know kind of mm -hmm. slow down and just become automatons, basically. So, yeah, and I think it's a great I think it's a, a great special rule. I mean, yes, it's a negative special rule, um, which a, a lot of people just don't think it's going to happen very often. So it's not really a drawback. And you think that, and then you have 90% of your army uh, pinned um, on turn one when you fail your first psychic test, and then you lose your entire <laughs> first round of shooting. Um, yeah, that would hurt. Games. It's painful. Um, and I, I love the, to, to, the nail in the coffin of, yeah, after all of your characters have died, you can no longer make sweeping advances, and you have minus one leadership. So if you weren't all, if you hadn't already lost the game, you have now. That's uh, that reminds me of my ultramarines. Lose my HQ, give up a point, and uh, you know the marines start taking some pinning checks too, right? Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Very similar. Uh, very similar, like kind of uh, organization. The way that uh, word bearers have theirs too. Just some of the uh, similar rules like the prospering lore or being able to take brotherhood of psychers. And I, I'm making comparisons with this and uh, burning lore and being able to take like dark challenging and whatnot. It's always mm -hmm. worth upgrading to the max, right? Like, especially when bringing out like mastery level three characters or two characters, it really amps up the flavor. So it's pretty neat. Definitely, and I mean, I'm guilty of bringing my my regular Praetor, not a named character. Well, I mean, I've named him um, <laughs> up to Psychic Mastery level four by also taking um, the um, uh, sacrificial. Um, I don't even remember what the, the special uh, item is called, but it's one of the uh, the Sire Cana or New Arcana item. Yeah. Yeah. Sire Cana. Yeah, it's one of the Sire Cana. Okay. Um, in book eight. Yeah. Sacrificial offering. That's the one. 
sacrificial nice. offering, which uh, you lose a at the beginning of the at the beginning of the game, you're the person who's making the sacrificial offering loses a wound, you gain a psychic level. Oh damn. It's pretty good. Trickery. Is that, trickery. is that traders only or no? That's anybody? No, that's anybody. Uh, that's any, ideas, that's no. anybody. Any but typically if you're not, if you're not playing Thousand Suns, your psychers only have two wounds, so you're starting the game with one wound, which is painful. Um, and it's not likely that you're going to be able to get that wound back easily. Yeah. I, uh, that makes things interesting. I could, I could take, well, yeah, I could take a level three, uh, rune priest, right? It could be pretty sweet. Yeah, you can. There's armor you can buy to give you an extra wound. So you don't care about that one wound anyways. But the key, (laughs) key keywords, uh, Praetor though. Oh, is it, oh, is it Praetor only? Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, oh, that's that's that, no, it's that's that's just that is a praetor though. So I mean, he's got yeah. He, he I mean, he outclasses everybody. I mean, he can go toe to toe with with some primarchs. So, yeah. Uh, no, I mean, he'll could. lose eventually, but he can give them a run for their money. Oh man, that could be so good. Just jack him up on biomancy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's typically typically what I do, which does mean <laughs> that when I'm running him, the two Sekhmet squads that go along with him are also on Biomancy because of Cult Arcana. Very nice. Because the compulsory troop has to be uh, the same as your your um your your warlord. Now we're getting into like the legion specific units. Yeah. And the legion war gear. That's uh, right. I can I can read in this file. Sure. Um, Thousand Suns Praetors, they're able to purchase mastery levels uh, one to three, uh, twenty five points each. Uh, they're also able to upgrade their force weapon for five points. You know, they get better options for weapons, but, you know, it's still fluffy if you wanted to have, like, a force weapon. Um, and having mastery level 3, I think uh, Nick was talking last time about how, you know, it starts getting super expensive once you start, like, getting into a Praetor and start, like, giving them the upgrades like Power Fists or Paragon Blades or whatever, Iron Halos, and then you get, like, a mastery level 3 for your uh, right, because that's one of the limitations. Yeah. So, like, what's the most expensive you think you've ever made a Praetor? Uh, well, I mean, <laughs> my Praetor is usually uh, 295 points. Um, <laughs> yeah. The most expensive that I've made. The most, yeah, the most expensive I've made is 310. Oh, yeah, 310? Oh, shit. Isn't that like 15 points yeah, away from post van? Uh, Korax? (laughs) (laughs) And that's because he ends up with, he ends up in Terminator armor with digital weapons. He is a master crafted weapon. Um, He has uh, ethics shells. He has psychic mastery level three, and then he has divining blades. I mean, he ends up with a lot of gear that adds up very quickly. Yeah. Because divining blades is like, what, 55 points? So... Yeah, uh, for uh, I think it's fifty points for yeah, if 15, he's already yeah. equipped with with Terminator armor. But if he's not equipped with Terminator armor, it's fifty five or, or something like mm-hmm. that. I don't 
I don't remember. I don't use them very often, so. But yeah, it's <laughs> that's expensive. It can get crazy. No doubt. Um, so in addition to their usual upgrades, oh sorry, Thousand Suns veterans and Legion Terminator squads can buy a mastery level of one for twenty-five points each. So they become Brotherhood of Psychers. Yeah. And they basically, I think Terminators become like baby Sekhmet then. And exactly. then you, yeah, and then vets, you can give them, a, you know, another upgrade, which could be, uh, could enforce, you know, like your, your tank hunter vets or your scouting vets or whatever, whatever you're deciding to do with your vets. So it yeah. could be a, an awesome upgrade. Just more magic everywhere. Yeah, That's true. Them. Yeah. And it makes them very versatile. So you you have units that are doing everything. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's it. Could be good and crazy with their if depending on what cult you choose, right? So. Yeah. And then uh, we joked about this for a long time. Uh, the arcane litanies. <laughs> it's yeah, the... it's it's not a soul stone. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit. Yeah, because someone was like, oh, is it just no, like a soul stone? And I'm like, no, no, it's just a piece of paper. That was me. I was like, oh. From it. <laughs> that was me. I'm like, oh, it's a soul stone. They're like, no, it's like literally a piece of paper. I'm like, oh, oh, God, bro. Oh, Jesus. It's, it's a piece of paper that it's encrusted with gemstones. Yeah. Oh, they're not, they're not soul stones. <laughs> oh, man. So any independent character that's a thousand suns uh, with at least one mastery level of one can be equipped with it for 10 points and what it does is it it ignores the first uh perils of the warp that uh test that you have to take so it's just an automatic oh i got a pair i perils oh i got yeah. this piece of paper it's gone it's done i don't have the perils anymore yeah no, that's so it's, it's nice i like it get out of jail free card yeah pretty really. much yeah <laughs> actually when if anybody in your army fails or takes a perils check uh, you're gonna be taking pinning chest tech chest tech uh, spinning tech that's on yes. everyone in your army. Yeah. Sorry, I'm having a little bit of trouble with speech today. Apparently, it may but be yeah, a trip. Yeah. It's warp. in each man. Yeah, <laughs> a trip to the warp. Part <laughs> of me is still there. And then the the next uh, war gear is an Athene fire cannon. Uh, it's basically a uh, plasma cannon with soul blaze. So it, it's kind of a fluffy plasma cannon. It's still 36, strength 7, AP 2, heavy 1, blast 3 inches, still gets hot. It just It's just an upgrade for 10 points a model. Yeah. It's a little pricey, but if you want to go for that fluff, I think that's the way to go. Yeah, and I remember uh, talking about that comboing up with Corviday, right? Like heavy support squads, you can yeah. You can get that uh you get to reroll re that ones. one. Yeah. And and you're you're because you're able to reroll ones, you're giving the whole unit uh the ability to reroll both the scatter and the uh and the distance dice for for the plasma cannon shot. It makes plasma cannons a really viable choice for that at heavy support unit. Mhm. Mm it's awesome. And then uh, the fan favorite, the Aspect Shells. Oh, man. Um, as uh, weapons using Aspect Shells gain Shred. 
independent characters. Um, can buy them for 10 points. Uh, it, it is equipped to their bolt pistol, bolt gun, combi bolter, and the bolter for, uh, off for combi weapons. Uh, Legion Terminators and Legion Vet squads can buy them for 20 points per squad, which is dirt cheap. Yeah. Um, yeah, no kidding. Yeah. And uh, rotor cannons can be equipped with them for 25 points. Per squad, yeah. Which makes, for, yeah, for squad, which makes yeah. rotor cannons viable. Yeah, that means six shots at strength three, when you pick up shred, that's incredible. Yeah. Yeah, I don't even think that can be downplayed. Like, shred on anything bolt is just super good. Like, well, super if, good. Well, if you played enough... If you played enough, like, 40k and 30k, you know that the bolters are, you know, they're bolters, but you've seen them take down Terminators, you've seen yeah. them do this, just with the mass amount of fire, and yeah. now that you have, so, even on Terminators, with the, you know, Twin Link bolters, you're re-rolling to hit, and then you're re-rolling to wound, so you basically yeah. should, you should get a high uh, number of wounds out of that. Yeah. And probably like the only, that. yeah, probably the only time you'll see rotor cannons. Probably, it's not Thousand Suns. I haven't seen them, but <laughs> be uh, be one something I'd I'd play with if I was playing Thousand Suns. Oh, definitely for sure. They're really effective in Zone War Tower. Nice as Thousand Suns. Mm-hmm. FX shells. Oh yeah, I don't doubt that. Especially yeah, twenty points per squad. We run in ten man vet squads all day. Yep. Someone want to read the so, dreadnought? Yeah, I can. I got the dreadnought here. So the uh, Osiren dreadnoughts. It's a contemptor variant for the Thousand Suns. Um, pretty much they come in a Talon. Uh, you can actually uh, upgrade, I believe, the Talon, a regular contemptor Talon, uh, for fifty points each. Mm-hmm. And they retain all the options of the standard Contemptor Dreadnought. Uh, but they are, they got, uh, they gain Psychic Pilot Special Rules, so Mastery Level 1, and they can generate their power from either Telekinesis, Telepathy, Pyromancy, and Divination Disciplines on a Dreadnought. That's pretty cool. Um, they also get Adamantium Will Special Rule. And the Asaran Dreadnought must exchange starting Dreadnought close combat weapon with the inbuilt combi bolter for a Dreadnought Force Blade with inbuilt combi bolter and Asphyx uh, shells for free. So that Dreadnought Force Blade is uh, strength times 2, AP2, and has force. Yeah. Very I, I, useful. Yeah. Which is, <laughs> that's scary. <laughs> <laughs> destroys large units of of uh, mechanicum um robots because they're monstrous creatures and they're still susceptible to force yeah 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 demons too demons. Yeah. yeah should we just tear yeah. it up oh yeah the osiren is my i would have to say the osiren is my second favorite uh unit south thousand sun specific unit it's a good-looking model, too. I was going to yeah, say, it's it a pretty cool-looking model. It's gorgeous. Yeah, out of the contemporary specific, yeah. And, and it, it's been FAQ'd to be elite, right? 
Because I know it yes. was kind of uh, questionable on the book here. So. Yeah, the book has the HQ icon next to it. Um, yeah. It doesn't specify if it's HQ or not. Um, they did fix that. They did FAQ it to make it an elite choice. Nice. But for a limited time, it was nice to, to be able to think of having a, a unit of three dreadnoughts as your HQ choice. Yeah, it's kind of, well, because it says any Contemptor Dreadnought talent can be upgraded to an mm-hmm. iron, so you'd it still take its place as the elite, right? That's what I look at. But I could see where there could be a little bit of confusion there. Mm-hmm. All good. Yeah. Um, so then I guess we got the well, we have we talked a bit on the right of wars. Yeah, a little bit. Um, we can go over that axis of disillusion. Okay. Sure, I can take that one. Yeah, go ahead. Um, so the axis of disillusion. Um, the first effect is the Alembic of Adamant, uh, where models with the Legions of Sartes, Thals, and Sons, special rule, are part of this force and using this right of war, automatically pass morale checks or pinning tests they are called to make within six inches of an objective, which is really nice because it stops you from being uh, feared or, or um, panicked off of, a, off of an objective and you don't give ground very easily. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> The Caustic of Grace, models with the Legions of Starte, Thales, and Sun special rule that are part of a force using the Stride of War may fire Overwatch at Ballistic Skill 2. Um, potentially really useful um, in certain situations. Um, the, the transition is Vitral. Um, the, you, or you may reroll failed to hit and to wound rolls for models with this special rule, or models with the Legions of Starte, Thales, and Suns. Um, against model enemy models that are falling back. Um, drawbacks, the limitations, the uh, troops using, or troop choices for a detachment using the threat of war must be made up of units that are at their maximum possible size. Mm. Um, so it gets kind of expensive when you're trying to build a, an army around this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that can uh, be a downside. Deta- yeah. And detachments using this threat of war may not take more vehicles with the tank or flyer type than they have in- infantry units in the detachment, which is kind of difficult to do when you're forced to take your troop choices at maximum size, so it's not really a drawback. Um, this, special, this right of war, I feel, is going to be most effective in a zone mortalis situation. Um, yeah. I don't really see it being played at um, in the the general tournament scene outside of Zone War Talon. I think we were yeah. talking last time about breachers being really it, affecting breachers really good because of the ballistic skill from the Overwatch and and the morale mm-hmm. and yeah. pinning uh, thing from objectives and shooting people in the back when they're running. Yeah, definitely. Because you're you're probably not going to be running away. You have a the, a, a larger chance of breaking your opponent first because you're not going to break. Mm-hmm. And then when they're they they flee down corridors, so there's nowhere to go. You just shoot them. Yeah. That's nice. It is. It is for sure. Oh, um, there was a part two I wanted to touch back again on for that guard of the Crimson King. Um that last bullet point with the bidding of the Crimson King, if you want to go over that stuff. Oh, 
Yeah, I'll, I'll go through the Guard of the Crimson King yeah. as well, just to make sure we're, we're all caught up. So Astral Warfare, that's the uh, special rule that allows you to roll the extra d6 in the psychic phase, regardless if it's, if it's your turn or not, and you choose the highest one. Um, read the Lightning, they rent the Veil. One point on there that I didn't mention is the turn the Terminators do come down, they also cause fear. Um, so there's fear popping up again um, in heresy that's not as um, easy to, to work around um, as it is in uh, in 40k world, previous editions of 40k. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> initiates of the Scarab, Sekhmet uh, Cabals must be taken as compulsory troop choices um, and may also be taken as additional troop choices if desired. And then the bidding of the Crimson King, the Primarch Magnus, the Red may be selected as a compulsory HQ choice for the detachment and does not count as a Lord of War if he's used in this way. That's um, the limitation seller right there. Yeah. Uh, coupled with the limitations, though. Um, so detachments using the right of war must choose a warlord with at least a psychic mastery level of three. Um, so you can use Magnus, um, Aramon, a Praetor, or uh, any of the other named characters. Um, actually, there's only one other named character, so scratch that. <laughs> so, um, detachments using the right of war may not have more vehicle types of any kind than they have uh, legions of Tartes, or units with the legions of Tartes special rule, and the detachments of using this right of war may not take allied detachments or fortifications of any kind. Note that it does not have a limitation on um, on Lords of War, so you can run uh, Magnus as your HQ and still take a Lord of War option, which is pretty mm -hmm. nuts. Yeah, it's... That right of war is so good, it because... You know, um, from those familiar with some of the other generic rights of war, this is pretty much if uh, Primarch's chosen and Pride of the Legion had a baby, right? Like it's yeah for what you get yeah. out of it, it's huge, and the limitations really aren't <laughs> really aren't limitations at all. Especially like when you're building this kind of a list, it's really really it's good. It's I think built the, around you playing with Magnus, anyways. Yeah, I was going to say, I think the bidding of the Crimson King should really be the Pyrrhic Magnus, the Red, should be selected. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> should be selected. Yeah, yeah for pretty, sure. May be selected as a compulsory HQ and should be selected <laughs> as a compulsory <laughs> no, That's a pretty good, pretty good Red of War, Legion yeah. specific, compared mm -hmm. to a lot of like, other Legions. Oh, yeah. You know. So um, I mean, it it basically it gives you the fluff that you're adding to your legion, and then, uh, as Bill put it, it combines that right of war with Primarch's chosen and um, pride. Um, and uh, what's the other one? Pride of the Legion. Yeah. It doesn't help that Magnus makes Terminators troops. So. Yeah. So you, you so when you have Magnus in there, you have both your regular Terminators. Your veterans and your segment all as troops. Yeah. It's forcing your hand, man. Which means that the rest of you. It's doing. Which man. means the rest of your army is up whatever you want it to be. <laughs> which is also why I generally run a lot of Terminators in my army. I would too. <laughs> I think you had some good words about the Battle on Tabanta last time, Bill, if you want to. Oh, yeah. Um,. So the Castlix Akia Battle Elementa, they're these are a really good unit. Um, 135 points a piece. 
They're your standard automata, right? Uh, weapon skill 3, strength 6, T7, 4 wounds, 4 initiative. What's really nice about these is uh, Mauler pattern bolter cannons with aspect shells, and we know how good those are just from talking mm -hmm. about, you know, what they do. Uh, two power claws, each with uh, built-in bolters and aspect shells, which is really good still. And then refractor mm -hmm. fields, so you're rocking that 5 plus and vulnerable. Uh, the nice thing with these units, and it's it's been used on me several times, is the side control matrix special rule. So what this has is uh, a couple different points on here. Uh, psychometric control. So while at least one of these uh, units with psychomastery level of at least one is within 24 inches of a battle armata, mana bolt to start a controlling phase, it can be used normally. So it kind of counteracts that uh, program behavior rule, which is cool. It's like a free cortex controller. And then if not the case, then yeah, you, you can't make um charge run or sweeping advance moves which is basically program behavior they have to engage or fire what's closest the nice thing with this is volley of fire being able to fire the three weapons of their choice in the shooting phase which is huge because you can fire everything all the time and then psi locus when using witch fire or malediction types of psychic powers within 12 inches of a, a castlex akia Psychers with the Legion of Stardis Thousand Suns special rule uh, may use one of the models as an origin point of the power, drawing line of sight and range from it rather than themselves. So, you know, being able to cast powers pretty much like for real around corners and whatnot is super, super good. Um, I don't even know if it comes up as much as it should for like in games with like the Psylocus, but these. Automata themselves are really, really good. And the last point is line on binding. If a psyker of any kind, friend or foe, suffers the perils of the warp within 12 inches of a Castlex unit, roll a separate leadership for any Castlex uh, units in range. If any roll is failed, the unit in question suffers D6 wounds with norm saves or invulnerable saves possible. So that's like they're super sensitive to the psychic backlash basically mm -hmm. um, yeah. i mean they are being used as a conduit for that so it really yeah. makes sense that if the psyker perils while casting through it that robot is also going to it's going to be really a bad a lot yeah. of that backlash <laughs> yeah no doubt and then uh if any of the castlicks uh that are destroyed as a result of this immediately explode with their maximum blast radius which is pretty good we've all we've all died from explosions so we know how well that can be <laughs> The crazy thing with this, though, um, for what you're getting for 135 points, like it's it's amazing. Uh, they ha they have rage special rule, they have they will not die special rule, and they have fearless. Mm -hmm. And you know when when you're comparing them to some of these other pound for pound units like uh, Iron Circle, for instance, these things I think are better in a lot of ways. Just being able to uh, take more of them because they're cheaper by you know 80 points and basically yeah it will not die with rage is just it's huge it's really really good like these these hit hard so you can upgrade them to have uh, plasma cannons or sorry the uh, the ether Ether flame, flame cannons cannon, for, yeah. for 15 points yeah so I don't the know. model is gorgeous 
the yeah, models, they're, yeah, they're quite nice. Nice looking model. Pretty slick. Yeah. But yeah, this is just a nice uh, back line or moving up in the front, like uh, distraction that you really don't want to get hit with. And being able to act as a conduit for psychic powers, it's just, yeah, these are very, very nice units. Devastating to to play against, especially if you got a player who's utilizing them to the, like, max potential. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. And we got uh, next up is the segment. Well, what else can we say? Yeah. We've talked about them. <laughs> yeah. Um, Pretty good. Let's just say that. Yeah. Damn. Good. Uh, <laughs> so uh, after that, we have the Kentai uh, Alcult Blade Cabal. Yeah. So these guys, uh, I guess they're, well, they're a lead choice. They're kind of like your specific Legion veterans almost, right? Yeah. Uh, weapon skill five. Otherwise, their stats are just like veterans. Um. So they're pretty interesting because they have two force swords that they come with, yeah. old pistols. They're in power armor, so you know armor three. Gotta watch out with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brotherhood of Psychers, Master Level One, um, and then we have Mind Song of Blades. So depending on the number of models in the squad, each model gains a bonus to their characteristics. So if numbers three or less, uh, they get plus one attack. If the squad numbers between four and eight, uh, they get plus one attack, plus one weapon skill each. And if the squad is nine to ten, uh, plus two attacks and plus one weapon skill each. So you can actually only add up to another five for what maximum of ten. Uh, yeah, for the squad. Yeah. It's still 51 attacks on the chip. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's pretty yeah. good. Force weapon attacks. Yeah. It's, yeah. And there's, there's a couple other upgrades, the usual, you know, plasma pistol, hand flamers, melt the bombs. Um, the Blade Master could have artificial armor as well. Um, and their dedicated transport, um, Rhinos, Land Raiders, Phobos, or Proteus as dedicated. So you're only going with the Phobos. Yeah. yeah There's that... no reason to run a Rhino or a Proteus. Yeah. You're definitely not going to maximize your rules that way. That's for sure. No, no, no. no, but it's nice. You can put that Raider into the slot, right? Yeah. If you're using this unit. This feels to me like you really want to be rocking that Pavoni and take advantage of them being able just to chew through units and then getting plus one fury run and sweep like that's a squad that's just going to be just rolling through mm-hmm. or if you think about it, you're going to be killing killing the squad to a man anyway on the yeah. charge with all of those attacks why not also go with uh with pyre take the the um oh hammer, <clears throat> hammer of wrath yeah. i just good do a bunch more damage yep no it's that's really good the the only one that I I don't think I would take on the squad is uh, Corvidae. Yeah, because there's no shooting other than your pistol. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> sure. I mean, giving them giving them fearless could give you an edge in a lot of situations. So I mean, even taking Athenaean would be a good idea. Yeah. 
Yeah, and that weapon skill 5 is nothing to frown out either. Considering majority of the time six you're probably going to be time. weapon skill 6. Yeah, it's just... Yeah. You'll be chewing through a lot of uh, yeah. hammer units that way. I almost feel like the uh, the mind song of blades is backwards. It should get you should be more more buffed as you get whittled down, so that you're not as beefy at the start. <laughs> and uh, next unit we got is this Matara Occult Intercession Cabal. Uh, this one's an interesting one because I don't think they have models for these ones yet. No, no, they do not. Much to my dismay, I would definitely buy those models. Forge rules. Actually, why I don't run them is because I haven't figured out how I want to build them. So, if you're listening, get this man some <laughs> models. And if if anyone Please, else, I want to give you money. Oh, that's yeah, right. Basically. Yeah. And if anyone has their own version of them, please share them on our page or Instagram yeah. or whatever. So. Yeah, shoot us a message, show us pictures, because we'd love to see what you did. And yeah, it would be nice to see what uh, what the community's doing for the stopgap, anyways. And nine times out of ten, I gotta admit, like sometimes those stopgap models are either the same or sometimes better because they have like their own flavor for uh, for that unit, right? So definitely. Mm -hmm. uh, don't be afraid to convert and get those uh, units rolling. So uh, stat line wise, you're pretty much your basic marine or veteran. Uh, oh yeah, yeah with uh, ballistic skill five and yeah, uh, yeah save sniper rifle. Right. So yeah, sniper rifles, shroud bombs, scout armor, and special rules. Uh, they have stealth, move through cover, infiltrate, scout. And again, Brotherhood of uh, Psychers level one. And they have, uh, instead of, I guess, generating psychic discipline normally, the Cabal has access to a single unique power, Mind Killer. Um, and I'll read that. Uh, so, Mind Killer, it's a blessing uh, which targets the psycho unit. While the power is in effect, the unit may reroll all its fail to hit and to wound rolls. And all of its shooting attacks gain ignores cover special rule, and it's a warp charge too. So some nice, uh, nice little bonuses from that for that blessing. Yeah, dangerous to cast though. You're, you're really risking if you want to min max that. You need to be rolling um, at least four dice on that on that check, and you're mm. increasing the odds of that peril. That's but, true. It is a very good spell on a very good unit. You're hitting on twos, re-rolls, uh, re-rolling ones, and then you're wounding on four plus and re-rolling fails, and then ignoring their cover. Oh, and also you have rending. Yeah, you're waiting for those sixes. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's true. And uh, another interesting about this guy, these guys is their dedicated transport is a Storm Eagle. <laughs> yes, I, I remember that coming up last round. I think I think that's more of like, kind of like you know, Storm Eagle goes, drops them down, drops them in, and they do their their whole very stuff, quiet right? Storm Eagle. Yes, yeah, yes, they just the it, yeah. cars to cancel the noise or something. Yeah, drop us yeah. in so you can scout it out. Pull one of those, pull one of those. You don't hear us, kind of thing, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> 
exactly. in coming in at 135 points, you're paying an extra 10 points on top of a regular recon marine unit upgraded with sniper rifles, except that you're losing the ability to hold objectives. Yeah. So it is a it's a significant trade, and I mean one that you really have to design a force around. Yeah, no doubt. And of course, they have other options too, right? Melt guns, plasma guns, all that stuff. But, uh, yeah, definitely one of the weirder units, I would say, for myself. But... Yeah. Less utilized, too. Like I don't think I've actually seen, models aside, I don't think I've ever actually seen anyone run them. No. So. One day. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Guess then we're going into characters. That's right. Some of the heavy sure. hitters in the heresy fluff. Oh, it off with Azek Araman. Um, so, basic Praetor stat line. Um, the, except he only has uh, three attacks opposed to uh, the four that Praetor normally has. Mm-hmm. Um, he is in Artificer Armor. is a Mastercrafted Bolt Pistol with a fixed shell. Um, he has a Mastercrafted Force Axe, an Iron Halo, Arcane Litanies, and uh, frag and crack grenades. So he's sitting at a two plus save, four plus invulnerable save, and he's only 225 points. The special rules include Iker Master level four, always generating his powers from the divination discipline. Um, he's also he has a pre-assigned Alt um, Arcana, which is Corvidae. Um, he has adamantian will, precision strikes. Um, Basic independent character stuff. He's marked by fates, which um, is for obviously characters that are still alive in 40k after the heresy or generally have this special rule. It's for campaign purposes, um, which in campaign games where character casualties and injuries between battle is in fact is a, is a factor. Any such character, uh, any such chart uh, result may be rerolled. So. It stops him from dying, basically, between games. Yeah. Um, and he has Aramon's Cabal. Any Legion command squad taken for Aramon must be upgraded to have Brotherhood of Psychers Mastery Level 2 for 50 points. And they must always also have the Cult Arcana Corvidae and generate their psychic powers from the uh, Divination Discipline. Um, great special rule. Um, gives him a really uh, his command squad a lot of fluff. Uh, one of my only issues with, um, with with that special rule is that there isn't a version of it that applies to regular command squads. You have Legion uh, v- veterans and Legion Terminator squads being able to be Brotherhood of Psychers. Uh, your command squads, which are better than veterans, can't be Psychers. Doesn't yeah. make sense. Yeah, um, small oversight for sure. Although it's it yeah. is nice considering. Like for fifty points on your command squad, and you know, just based off hearing what your uh, praetors are normally for points cost, like this guy's getting three mastery levels for free, basically. So yeah. you know, it, it's kind of a nice trade off where you can amp up your command squad for that extra, that extra fluff feel. Definitely, and I mean, well worth the investment. He's hard to not include in your uh, in your army, although I do a pretty good job of not using him. Um, and then his warlord trait is Pattern of Fates. Um, if Araman is your warlord, 
then he always has uh, this unique warlord trait, which is pick up to three troop units in your army with the legions of Star Styles and Stone special rule before your army is deployed. These units gain the scout special rule, which um, is also really useful. Yeah. Just yeah, being able to move models for free in the in the beginning is 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 good. Or making them outflank, right? Yeah. If, depending on how you want to play them. Mm -hmm. I imagine a lot of Thousand Suns players would play with Magnus, but if if you don't, I think Aramen's a good second. In command. Yeah. Yeah. Scouts won me many a game, so getting that is always a bonus. Yep. Definitely. Next, we got Ben Kingsley. That's right. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Um, Magistrus Amon, the Hidden One, Captain of the Ninth Fellowship. I'm not going to read his, all his titles. He's got like ten more. Um, he's, <laughs> his war gear is the Armor of Shades. Uh, the Armor Shade provides a two-plus armor save. In addition, grants the bearer a four-plus cover save. If Amon is in the open or adds two-plus to another cover save, uh, he may be eligible to claim to a maximum of two plus, which is awesome. If he's in ruins, he's basically got a a two plus cover save, which is better than most invulns, right? I was about to say, night lords ain't got shit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if Amon joins in their unit, they gain a six plus cover save in the open, or gain an additional bonus. To any cover save, they're eligible to claim to a maximum of, of two plus. So I mean, it, it's pretty good if he can join a unit. I mean, he does have infiltrate, so he's going to be have to join. He can't join units in the beginning unless they're scouts or other infiltrating units. But as soon as he joins another unit, they basically become unmovable. Yeah. Once they get in, get into the train. Uh, he's got a mastercrafted four sword. It's straightforward Archaeotech pistol, uh, the dust of of the devourers. So this is a pretty interesting uh, staff. He's got uh, once per game in the assault phase. Instead of attacking normally, Amon's controlling player can choose to opt instead to unleash the power of the dust of devourers. This attack is is struck at Amon's normal initiative and inflicts d6 automatic hits on the unit. Amon is fighting. If it is if it is comprised of five models or less, and 2d6 automatic hits, if the unit is comprised of six models or more, these hits have no strength value but have the uh, poison four plus and concussive special rule, and an AP value of four. So it's it's very interesting. So Having, not the fluff too. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's. It's basically the fluff is that it, it, he's got the ghosts of of these uh, psychic eating bugs from yeah. from their home planet in in his staff. But being able to automatically hit if anyone plays 40k and plays flamers, they they know that that's that's nice to have. Yeah. And uh, poison four plus is nothing to sneeze at. I mean, sure, if you're fighting other marines, but if you're going up against say like a a toughness five 
demon or you know even you're getting into the toughness seven mechanicum you know you're you're just hitting on fours and, it, and it's nice to have and yeah. concussive as well yeah is concussive concussive taking effect at his initiative right mm -hmm. uh, he's initiative five so why well, it's the next round well, that they would be concussed but no uh, no i get it but like if he's you know he's initiative five and he does wounds to whatever knocks them knocks him down yeah next initiative step now all your guy other guys if he's with anybody or, or whatnot yeah. fighting with people right he's just yeah. letting them strike before everybody else yeah. it's pretty good pretty good yeah. support to staff the ap4 while it may not seem like a big deal it can actually be quite handy to get rid of those uh nasty tech thralls especially those big fearless bubbles right getting the 2d6 yeah. hits just to kind of wipe out and push some of those blob squads out of your way um just additionally is is quite nice so a lot of demons start at a four plus uh, yeah. armor save too so that is true um he's got arcane litany so he does have a little toilet paper roll that says he can't uh ignores his first um <laughs> perils <laughs> Plague and crack uh, grenades. I love uh, I love the toilet paper roll, so just <laughs> wipes his ass with the warp and just it's done. <laughs> oh yeah. That's that's what you need to do from now on. I'll have to remember to bring a toilet paper roll with me as my arcade. <laughs> oh, oh god. Um, just so attach it to your belt. Yeah. <laughs> oh wow. Well, so he's weapon skill six. He's basically a predator. Ballistic skill five, strength four, toughness four, three wounds, initiative five, three attacks, leadership ten, two plus armor. Uh, his special rules. Um, he does have access to two cults, Corvidae and Athane. So you get to pick from either one of those, depending which way you want to go with him. Uh, he is a mastery of level three, which is pretty nice. Uh, he generates his powers from divination and telepathy. So depending on like how you want him, you want him to either be a support character or you can have him you try to use telepathy powers like causing fear tests and, and all that shenanigans. It just depends on what kind of role you want him in. Independent character, hidden servants, and secret scrying. Scrying. Um, scrying, yeah. If, a, if an army has Amon as part of its primary detachment, then its controlling player may re-roll re attempts to seize the initiative. Uh, in addition, enemy units arriving via outflank may not enter play within 24 inches of Amon. Um, or they cannot deep strike within 12 inches of them. So, it's That's really pretty good. good that you can re-roll the seas and being able to be a buffer bubble from stopping people from outflanking or deep striking within your little bubble, I think is, is pretty good just to have him because he does have infiltrate. So you can literally put him anywhere on the board within it's like, reason. It's like a mini version of that area strike that custodians yeah. get, right? It's pretty sweet actually. So, like, I'm thinking if, you, if you're if you worried about one side getting overrun by certain uh, sides, because we all know how javelins work and, you know, outflanking and 
So if you have one side that's weaker than the other, you can put them on that side, and you can stop people from outflanking yeah. on that side. Or if you're worried about, uh, you know, deep striking a leviathans, and then you know it pushes them back so they can't drop within 12 inches of certain things if you want to protect certain vehicles or whatever, right? Yeah, no, so that's pretty you know, good. That, so he's pretty good that way. Um, he's only 170. Yeah, yeah, which is awesome. Dirt cheap for what he does. Oh yeah, like he he doesn't even need to be the warlord. Like he can just you just take him. Uh, he does have mastery of the legion, so you can take him. You can just take him as a primary HQ if you want. Take rights with him. Uh, infiltrate. Uh, he does have a warlord trait, uh, which is Lord of Hidden Paths. Uh, rather than generating a warlord trait, he, he gets this unique one. If Amon is your warlord, you may select a single non-super heavy unit in your army. This this unit now enters play from reserve using the outflank special rule on any turn you specify. This is speci the specific turn can be any after the first turn, and you you must make a note of its secrecy after the army has been set up. So it's basically um, kind of like the Emperor's Children, right? But you just get one. You just get to pick one unit, though, uh, which could be nice if you're trying to outflank certain units. You know, Sekhmet, or if anyone else has any other, or even like. He's just a sneaky little git. Yeah, you know, pretty much. With his, abilities, with his abilities and whatnot, he's, you know, as, as sneaky as any uh, uh, Raven Guard is and is uh, using the shadows as, you know, Night Lords do kind of thing, right? Like, he just has some really good abilities for either using cover to his advantage and or, you know, bringing in a unit from outflanking to uh, that bubble of preventing. Well, I'm even thinking, like, bringing on, like, a a squadron of uh, Vindicators or laser uh, destroyer Vindicators, right, on turn two, and they're, they're just, they're coming on. Yeah. Machine Spirit, drive on, and just, you get the flank to, like, your whole opponent's army. That could just be, that could be super good. So I mean, like, yeah, I don't, um, because he is—he's basically the master of secrets for Thousand Sons. Like when you listen to him in Thousand Sons, he's pretty much the guy that's going out and finding secrets and torturing people. So <laughs> he's an interesting character for sure. Oh yeah, not to mention a really nice model too. Yeah, His model's gorgeous. Yeah, I've seen lots of people doing. Lots of good stuff with him. So nice, uh, Nick. If you want to do uh, Big Papa here, one yeah. eye. All right. So Magnus the Red, I mark of the Thousand Suns, uh, coming in at four hundred and ninety-five points. He's one of the most expensive Primarchs, mm -hmm. without paying the extra hundred and seventy points to yeah. give him his new special rule. Um, he's got weapon skill seven, BS five, strength seven. Uh, toughness six, wounds six, initiative six, attacks fours, uh, leadership ten, save two plus. So, um, getting into the the rules that 
everybody's so interested in. He has all the regular rules that uh, any Primarch has. Mm-hmm. Um, we have Sire of the Thousand Suns. Black Met squads and Legion Terminator squads may be taken as troop choices for a Thousand Suns primary detachment with Magnus the Red as its warlord, and no restrictions owning to Cult Arcanas applies to the compulsory units of the army, which is huge. Yeah. Um, I mean, it makes... It really gives you the freedom to do whatever it is that you want um, to do with your with your force. Um, oh, the other portion of that is um, any uh, all models get to use uh, in your army get to use Magnus the Red's leadership as as their own for purposes of morale checks and thinning checks, mm-hmm. and reserves reserve roles for units uh, in your army. Uh, maybe re-rolled if the controlling player wishes. So, it's pretty good. I think I've used that one more than anything else in uh, in his special rules. Just that rule alone is just so versatile and so useful. Um, <clears throat> so, Arch Sorcerer. So, Magnus Thread is a psychic ma- is a psyker with psychic mastery level of five, and he harnesses the warp charge warp charge points on the result of a three plus when attempting to cast or manifest psychic powers. Magnus the Red to suffer perils of the warp. His controlling player must roll three or more sixes when attempting to manifest psychic powers, rather than the usual two. And any result of a one on the perils of the warp uh, is re-rolled. So, Which is nice. Uh, really good to be able to work around that, so you don't just lose him. He gets to re-roll that, and he also has arcane litany, so he gets to say that didn't happen. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Nobody saw that. <laughs> so Magnus the Red randomly generates five psychic powers um, from telekinesis, pyromancy, div- pyromancy, divination, telepathy, sanctic demonology, and biomancy. Um, and you can split amongst the disciplines however you choose. He has the Horned Raiment, which um, gives him a 2-plus armor save and a 4-plus invulnerable save. In addition, if he's struck with a weapon with a destroyer special rule, the amount of wounds uh, it inflicts is reduced by 1. Do note that that does not have a minimum of 1. So if you get hit with uh, D3 oh, wounds yeah. from a destroyer weapon and you roll a 1, he doesn't take any damage. That is pretty good. <laughs> yeah. So Six is just kill him, yeah. Yeah. Sixes like, will still just kill them. Yeah, yeah. Plus D6, minus one, <laughs> you're still looking at a minimum of six. Yeah. Nothing really you can do there. So, um, but it's still a really cool special rule. Yeah, yeah. yeah so, uh, then he has the uh, Blade of Anunanatra, which is, um, I mean, it's a, a two-handed uh, melee force weapon with plus two strength, AP one. Um, which puts him, without taking any buffs from psychic powers, he's sitting at, uh, with his weapon, he's at strength 9 AP1, striking at initiative, which is nothing to, to frown at. That's pretty impressive. Um, so then he has the uh, Sci-Fire Serpenta, which you remember he does have a, a little finger pistol, um, <laughs> which is also <laughs> nothing to sneeze at. That's right, uh, Range yeah. 15. Uh, strength 8, AP 2, Assault D3, Soul Blaze. Um, so yeah. basically he's shooting AP 2 crack missiles at you from his finger, um, which is probably not a pistol. It is probably just another psychic power that he just 
He's so he's just going pew pew. Yeah, That's definitely. <laughs> I got you and you and you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, oh, uh, then he has the Eye of the Crimson King. When selecting targets for his psychic powers, all models within range are assumed to be in line of sight, except those inside transport vehicles or buildings. Um, all such attacks have the ignores cover special rule, which is huge. I mean, yeah. Being able to to just all of your psychic powers are always in line of sight and ignore cover. I mean, a lot of the psychic powers you're casting. I mean, if you're if you're trying to boost Magnus, he's going to be rolling on Biomancy. All of them are AP two. Having ignores yeah. cover. That's uh, that's a the kiss of death to most units. Yeah. Um. And he has Phantasmal Aura, uh, where. If Enemy attacks directed at Magnus the Red or any infantry unit he has joined suffer a minus one penalty to hit. Barrage weapons directed at Magnus the Red or any infantry unit he has joined add plus one to the scatter roll when applicable. Um, and I know we we're all familiar with how uncommon a minus one penalty to hit is and how much of a big deal that is mm -hmm. keep in mind that that is not just a shooting attack that also applies in melee yep yep Ooh. so everybody's going to be hitting them on fours basically it's just yeah it's a really good or, good ability or fives or fives yeah depending um yeah it's it's a, a fantastic ability and then um, Mind Wrath, which has since been fact. So uh, basically, the Mind Wrath was taken away. It was originally um, it was originally pretty ridiculous, where you add two to the um, to the warp charge cost to cast the spell, and then um, you roll two d six and add that to the strength value. If you if you exceed ten, so if you get eleven or more, it counts as strength D, um, which was completely broken. And um, I mean, I, I'm guilty of bringing that to to Bill's attention at the first LVO after the release of this book um, on the in a, a mega battle where it was I think it was three v four or four v five. We were yeah. outnumbered by an extra player, um, and I brought this rule to to his attention and basically said. Are you sure we don't want to not allow this to happen? <laughs> and then proceeded to deep strike Magnus in and I um, say a D Nova of everything within 18 inches. Basically got <laughs> yeah, it. it was go to town, um, take him out. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> to be fair, I deep struck into an entire unit of, well, unit army really of knights. Um, so, I mean, it was an ideal situation for that. Um, and I mean, without that, we were handedly losing that battle, um, simply because my my whole army was deep striking, and then we were so basically the first turn we were down two players. Um, but it's okay because we had a warlord, so that's right. Um, <clears throat> yeah, so that's that's been since changed. So mind wrath was pulled and put into a um, a new special rule. Um, called uh, the Unleashed Might of the Crimson King, which is uh, he gains my Mind Wrath back with a uh, minor caveat of rather than 2d6, it is 1d6, and it cannot exceed 10. Mm -hmm. uh, so makes that fair. 
then um, he also picks up the ability to um, to ignore. Like uh, I don't remember what they called it, but he uh, picks up the ability to cancel any perils of the warp effect um, on the on the table once per battle. So basically, he can cancel one against himself, and then he can cancel one anywhere. So really, a useful special rule. Um, now the other side of my uh, of uh, mind wrath that I didn't mention is that he um, it doubles the range of the psychic power. So um, very very powerful. You end up with like a, a a smite turns from eighteen inches to thirty six inches and ignores line of sight. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so really a, a big deal. Um, uh, the that change increased his points um, to by an extra 170 in order to it brings him up to um, what is that uh, 160 or it's 175 points brings him up to six, uh, 670 points after yeah. um, after all the upgrades. Yeah, which still is it's still decent because he's not counting as Lord of War. Right, so it's not restricting mm-hmm. him in any uh, point levels that you're going to be playing, which mm-hmm. is really nice. It's, I, I don't think you can like, yeah. There's no way to downplay like Magnus is very powerful in game. Um, definitely has a lot of uh, attributes that they do bring up in the fluff, but they don't really go through all of it. Like you never really get to see him at his like full like zenith of like rage and whatnot except i think right at the end before he uh before he gets his little adjustment by russ (laughs) (laughs) so yeah no it's an awesome character the model's gorgeous honestly um i know i i definitely wanted to be picking up one myself just so i could actually paint up the diorama base and have him and russ both going at each other and do some nice airbrush work on like the the powers flying through his hand and whatnot. It's really, really those nice. Releases, those two releases side by side, they were, I think, probably some of the best best work that they've done for the for the primaries. Yeah. And even without the the scenic base, the two of them are the diorama base anyway. Yeah. The two of them are just gorgeous sculpts, and you really they really encapture the. Um, the feel of that character. They did a really good job of putting that, putting the essence of Magnus and the essence of Russ on the tabletop. Yeah, I I love. Well, they definitely did excellent work on it. So that kind of wraps up Thousand Suns, here. Yeah, it does. It definitely does. Well, if anyone has anything else they want to add, something we might have missed, or uh, or just something they want to add from some story or some kind of something that happened from a game they had, or yeah, any no, any questions that you guys have, um, especially yeah. if it's got to do with either army building or tactics or anything like that, please ask on the comments. We'll get you in touch with Nick so you guys can talk about it and. Uh, Definitely try and share the knowledge, share the forbidden lore where we yeah. can, right? So, mm-hmm. well, I guess I have one other thing to add about sure. them. Is part of one thing that I'm I'm really disappointed in in the um, in the Thousand Suns Legion uh, in Book Seven is the the what's actually written about Thousand Suns, and I know it's a very common complaint about a, a lot of the legions is. 
they cover and really flesh out a lot of the characters um, in uh, in a thousand suns. So you end up going over the majority of the um, of of the the nine cults and or uh, the nine fellowships. And um, my two favorite characters uh, are definitely not in this book, and uh, that would be. Um, the uh, Belloc Uthazar and uh, Hathor Mott, uh, which I would love to see rules and models for. And I really feel like the, um, I, I was really disappointed when the, the Thousand Suns Legion Praetor came out because it looks like he's going to be Uthazar because he's Terminator Armor Praetor, leader of the, the, the Sekhmet, um, and even has the, the, um, the scarred out eye that, Uthazar's, that was Uthazar's idea. He got the, the Sekhmet all behind it, and they all did it. And then it just he's just a regular Praetor. So I was a little disappointed, but it did give me a fantastic model to, to oh, build sure. and paint. Mm -hmm. Well, if Salt Harvest's coming out many moons later, after the <laughs> uh, book release is anything to go by, you still very way get uh, those models. So It's a big opportunity yeah. for yeah. it, bro. Opportunity yeah. is a lot of characters in the horse heresy. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. and, uh, exactly. And the character line does so well. The the horse heresy character series is some of the best selling items on Forge World. Mm hmm That's awesome. Well, I guess yeah, that wraps up Thousand Suns. So again, Nick, thank you for coming. We really appreciate you uh coming back a second time translating through the warp mm -hmm. with us. <laughs> and uh, as much as Zunich tried, we got the last laugh today. So it <laughs> worked out pretty good. Um, definitely. What, what do they call it? The Great Ocean, I think the, the Great Ocean. Sun's Great Ocean. Yeah, the yeah, Great Ocean. Yeah. Yeah. It's in a oh. wane right now. So it's all right. <laughs> <laughs> so again. I was able to come ashore for a little bit before I got right. back. That's <laughs> right. Yeah. That's right. Again, yeah, thank you for coming, and um, to just kind of go over again, um, Nick is yeah, part of that group, the Warmongers, and they always have a good showing at uh, LVO, so I know we've, uh, a lot of the boys from BAD have had some good games against their players, so uh, mm -hmm. 2021 will be no exception, and yeah, again, we're looking forward to seeing what uh, Zach does uh, with the uh, Heresy event for 2021, so hopefully uh, we'll see a bunch of you there uh if you're listening and you want to go i highly recommend it because it's a great time you get to see some of the most uh beautifully painted armies like in the heresy scene and there's there's a real passion from the players there so it's really good it's the the one event that i i go to regularly and it's yeah. also one of the the this is that you can go and see some of the most beautifully painted and beautifully put together armies all in the same place. And yeah. it's just a fantastic event. I strongly recommend it. Definitely. Well, awesome. Well, if if uh, you guys are listening on podcasts, you can find our YouTube and Facebook page under Bad Tabletop Gaming. Yep. And for the rest of you guys, if you haven't already, please like, share, and subscribe. Uh, we do have Instagram, Facebook, and uh, we do have a merch store. Um, yeah, and all those links are in the description of the video as well. So yeah, awesome! Thanks all for right. watching, guys. Toodaloo! Catch ya. Catch ya. Catch ya.